So are you guys ready to get started? Think so. What are we supposed to do to start? I'll uh, say this. Yeah, you'll just read that script. And then I can just ask him yeah. as many questions as we have time for. Yeah, and you don't need to say this part because you're doing the interview. I'm okay. not. So you're just going to say your name and say you're here with your dad and his name. Okay, great. Is there any way you should be listening? I mean, if I look down, is it not going to pick me up? Or if I look, I'm all set? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Today is October 16, 2016. I'm at the Austin Archives Bazaar at the Sangurande Hall in Austin, Texas. This is Jenny Tidwell, and this is... Mike McGraw, her father. So, Daddy, when did you come to Austin? Okay, I came to Austin in July of uh, 1989 to start work, and uh, my family followed me uh, in February, about six months later. Where were you moving from? Yeah, we lived in East Atauket, uh, Long Island. It was about two-thirds of the way out the island. So when you first moved here, what were your initial impressions of the city? Okay, my first impressions in talking to people at work were that the traffic was getting bad. But having lived on Long Island, I didn't see anything that even remotely resembled a traffic jam until I tried to go to Toys R Us at Christmas time, and then I thought I th saw, thought I saw one. I wasn't positive, but I thought I saw a traffic jam. Um, what restaurants, stores, theaters, or other institutions did you love that are no longer here? Um, or did was, you want to talk about Ironworks? Well, that's, that covers both territories. That was it's one still here. that I liked. Uh, and the Ironworks is on the, the northwest corner of Red River and uh, East uh, Chavez. And part of the reason that it's still there is that it was cut off from the block by Waller Creek. So that was one little piece of land that you couldn't do much with and they had a, a blacksmith shop there. And they turned it into a barbecue place. It was very rustic, like that place, and uh, that porch out and back, and uh, I learned a very valuable lesson one day on the porch that if you go out there to eat your food, make sure you brought everything with you. You can't go back and get stuff and come back, not because they won't let you, but because I watched a guy do that, he left his food there, went back to get whatever, and the birds just came down on his food, ate it up, and he came back and he just looked at an empty plate, and as he looked around at the people, they just pointed to the trees and the birds. Uh, the other place that I used to like to go to was Dan McCluskey's. I don't even know if that's still there or not. But it was a long, narrow place. It was very dark, but they used to do this thing like they would do with lobsters. They'd bring your food out, and you could look at the steaks, and then they would take them back and cook them. Was there a Dan McCluskey's in the Arboretum? Mm, that came and went so quick you wouldn't even notice it. So you're you... talking about one This is the, the real one downtown. Okay. They tried to expand, but it didn't catch on. An older one. So, how has the town oh. changed since you lived here? Uh, let's see, change here. Um, well, the traffic has changed quite a bit. I did begin to see traffic jams, but when I was here originally, I was staying at the, uh, the Hyatt Hotel for a month, and I was looking out my window, and I could see right up Lavaca Street. And uh, so I came home from work, and it'd be about 5.30, 6 o'clock. You look out the window, and all the way up Lavaca Street, about 12 blocks, no cars. And you'd sit there and you'd watch it. There'd be no cars on Lavaca Street. And then during the day, if I had any business up that way, I once had to get some, um, some suitcases repaired. So I went up to the Capitol Saddlery on Lavaca, 
pulled right up in front of it, parked on the curb right in front of the place, no parking meters, just walked in, did whatever I had to do, and then I left. Easy peasy. Not, not like that anymore. Hmm. Who have been some of your favorite personalities over the years? Um, Leslie. <laughs> Austin's an unofficial ambassador of goodwill and fashion trendsetter. Um, the other guy I liked was Jake Pickle. He was a big supporter for Sun Attack and UT. Uh, it was only after he passed away that I learned that his wife's name was Beryl. And I thought, Pickle, Beryl, and that's spelled that way. It was spelled B-E-R-Y-L. I thought, Pickle, Beryl. He never mentioned that at all. <laughs> here. It would have been the obvious one-liner. And then there was Ann Richards. She was very, very, very interesting. I've got a story I can tell you about her later. Uh, and the other guy, we'll get to it in just a second. The other guy was a guy named Bob Noyce, who helped, uh, co-inventor of the integrated circuit, co-founder of Intel, and he was also the first president of Semtech. And when he was there, it was a very, very interesting place, because everybody wanted to know, what would Bob do? Gotta follow Bob, he was a, a true leader. And then when he died and the other guy took over, it just it went to hell. <laughs> but anyways, the story about Ann Richards. Uh, in the context of Semitech, we were a small organization representing equipment suppliers. Semitech were the integrated circuit manufacturers who were our customers. So you always have that customer-supplier tension going on. But every year we held a meeting, invited all of our presidents, we invited the Semitech people there, and we did it all over the country. This time we did it in Austin. Ann Richards was the keynote speaker, and at the particular time she came in there, they were debating some gun bills. And it was a big thing in, in the newspapers about carrying guns and all the rest of that. And so she came in, and the first thing she did is said, I want to put everybody at ease. I'm not packing heat today. <laughs> and then she went on after over uh, the new president of Semitech, who was Bill Spencer. And Semitech is a very technical organization, semiconductor, engineering, physics, and all that. And she says, Bill, you've been in town for quite a while. And she says, I still don't understand what you guys do over at Semitech. She says, you're explaining it all wrong. She says, you need to explain what you're doing so that my mama can understand it. She says, that's what I always do when I'm presenting something. I ask myself, could my mama understand this thing? It turned bright red. He got furious. The man had no sense of humor whatsoever. Everybody else was laughing, and he took it that they were laughing at him. Hmm. Strange guy. <laughs> Very strange guy. Um, What's that one? Austin events. Yeah, the, are there any Austin events that are especially memorable to oh, you? Oh yeah, this is a very one. I, this is the only concert I ever went to. <laughs> in Austin? In Austin. And the only reason I went there because I was living at the Hyatt, and this was down the road from me, and it was Aquafest 89. So I walked down there to take a look at it, you know, and it's hot, dusty, very, very dusty. Uh, and the music was loud, but the music was pretty good. And so uh, I was watching everybody drinking beers, didn't know how they were going to drink beers at that rate and last to the end. So I stuck to lemonade, tried to stay in the shade, uh, and it worked out pretty good. And then after uh, about six hours of that, I decided to go back to the hotel. And when up in the room, I realized that if I opened the window, I could hear the whole thing from my window. And now I had a comfortable chair, I had air conditioning and room service. And I discovered this is the way to enjoy a concert. 
and it reminded me of a, another guy I met at Summit Tech who had a favorite saying when people would talk about camping. He says, I love to go camping. He says, as long as there's a Hyatt nearby. <laughs> Clamping. We always used to stay at Hyatt, so we're somewhat uh, Biased. Pre prejudiced. <laughs> I'm just looking my way down here. Okay. Uh, and there was another time uh, related to Austin here. Uh, we worked for a small company. There's only about 12 of us inside the Semitech building. And our boss had a son who was a Marine, and he was coming back from Desert Storm. And he had previously been injured uh, when he was in Korea, and he recovered from that, and now he's coming home. So we said, we're all going to go over, and we're going to welcome him back. We made up some signs. We go over to the old Mueller Airport. And uh, they were bringing a lot of people back, and they didn't have enough planes to bring them back. So they were coming over on commercial flights. So we're waiting down at the end of the runway there, walkway, and you see this huge number of people in camouflage desert uniforms all walking down the hallway together. And I go, boy, I don't think I'll see that again in a long time. And then we go over to baggage claim, because they had to go through that, and all the luggage coming out is the same. Duffel bags and all these pla black plastic M16 carriers, they all had to bring their guns with them. And so all these M16s are coming down, and they look identical. So they're all checking back and forth to make sure they get their own rifle. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, I'll never see this again. Mm -hmm. This isn't going to happen. Mm. Oh, then there was another interesting thing. Again, it's related to Semitech. I worked at Semitech for like 13 years, so a lot of things are related to that. Semitech had $100 million a year funding from the government, and the members put in $100 million a year. So government officials would always come by to visit so they could say they were there. And one day we get a call and it's the uh, Secretary of Commerce wants to come by, wants to inspect the building and just have a meeting. And he says, do you have help at? And Peter Mills, who's the Chief uh, Administrative Officer, answers the phone and goes, of course we do. Of course we didn't. We didn't have a helipad. <laughs> so he hangs up the phone and he calls the maintenance guys and he says, go get some white paint. Go over in the southwest corner of the parking lot. I want you to paint me a big circle and put an H right in the middle of it. So they did that. Secretary of Commerce comes in, has a meeting, wanders around, gets his tour. Everything worked fine. We walked him back out to his helicopter. He got in the helicopter and left. And they never used the helipad ever again. Now, I don't know if you got, you know, if they didn't drive very quickly. So I'm wondering if they did something so he wouldn't step on it and get white paint on his shoes. <laughs> so he would know, we've never done this before. Oh, the other thing, there's always this interaction between Semitech, the military, and, and the government. And you'd see these people around the building. And in the beginning, there was a lot of people who volunteered their help. They wanted to help out. And you just see them in the building, they look like an ordinary person. Then you stop and talk to them and you find out, oh, I work for the CIA or I work for DARPA. My most interesting one was a guy they called the Admiral. And I kept asking people, what's the Admiral? He's always at the copy machine. That's where I used to run into him all the time. This guy, the Admiral, has his own office and he copies things all the time. What is this all about? And they said, oh, he's a big on uh, project management. He's the guy who invented the PERT chart, which is big. It's a big chart, the thing that they do in project management. And so he was there to help Semitech come up with their new um, project management program. In the end, it turned out to be way too long and they couldn't go that way. But in talking to him at the, the, uh, the, uh, the copy machine, I learned that when you're a retired officer, uh, you have certain perks. 
And one of his perks was when he wanted to go see his doctor, he'd go over to Bergstrom, they'd put him on a jet, they'd fly him San Antonio, and then drive him over to the doctor, and then they'd drive him back and they'd fly him back to Austin. But not a bad perk, you know, no. for somebody who's an admiral. Oh, the other thing that used to happen, during the early 90s, when Desert Storm was on, there was an active air base right next door at Bergstrom. And when Desert Storm started, we noticed that there seemed to be a lot more training flights. And we actually, we thought they were buzzing our building. They were getting a little bit, you know, too close to different things, which was sort of the, probably the adrenaline building up, you know, because they were stuck here training and the other guys were over there doing the real thing. And somebody finally figured it out one day. He says, you know what they do? They go out and they rent that Top Gun movie. They watch it at night. The next day, they all think they're Tom Cruise and they're flying all over Austin. Amazing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Was there anything else you wanted to share? Um, things that haven't changed. One thing that I, I know that hasn't changed is there's a stretch of uh, Old Spicewood Springs Road between 360 and Old Lamp Passes. It just winds and it turns. It's only about two lanes wide, and it's got about 10 low water crossings, which isolate people if you actually live in that area. That place hasn't changed at all. Exactly it's the same. Still exactly the same, even though they're building a few houses in there. Well, thanks, Daddy, for talking about Austin today. Mm -hmm. Well, there was one more thing I wanted to answer. Not well, you really have to answer. do it quick. Okay, they said. Um, what do you imagine it will be like? What in do you 10 think years? it's going to be like in ten years? And Austin. I said, yeah, there's only one thing I can say. I've learned in my vast experience is nobody's good at predicting the future, and there's a few lucky guessers. That's true. That's about it. That's your answer. That's my answer. Thanks, Daddy. <laughs> You're welcome. Great. We under or so over? Much. Huh? Under or over? You're under, actually. You still have another minute and a half. That's okay. I think okay. we're good. That was a good way to end it.